Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcherlist. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 733 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, August 30th. It is a Fireside Chat. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? That is a brilliant go let it out, go get it out of the ocean shirt. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of the best interactions of the year. Um, San Francisco dorks. Uh, nobody cares that it's not an ocean. That's not the point. <laughs> um, listen, when a burn is that strong and you have to be a pedant and be like, well, um, technically the cove is a man. It's not an ocean. Shut up. Okay. You lost. And it was really good. And Max Muncy's a beast for it. And I'm very sad that he's hurt. And I hope that uh, he's not on any of your teams that are competing down the stretch because that's a big loss. He is fully backed up. He's fully backed up his breakout year, uh, and that's a big bummer. However, we, of course, are here to talk about pitching. And we're going to talk about schedules because for those that are unaware, uh, around this time, in fact, it was this past Monday, the list at PitcherList.com changes to a schedule-based list. It's no longer about, you know, I'm ranking this guy here because of his skills, and over time they're going to play out even though he has a, you know, 460 ERA right now, stuff like that. It's all about the schedule. And, and Mr. 460 ERA, if he doesn't have a good schedule, I don't care what your skills are right now. Uh, or maybe Mr., you know, 350 ERA has a brutal schedule, and I got to move away from him. All that sort of stuff really plays an interesting role and you went deep you did an amazing job i know you had some uh technical help from from your producer from your engineers over there uh with the list and the and the color coding and and the team by team it's fantastic work the best part is that you're gonna update it weekly too because obviously all you did was all you could do was map from this past from this past monday through the end of the year and that map's already busted and it will bust every week but so you give a general idea it's not because it's nothing that you can do it's not against you oh, it's man. just the simple uh way that that schedules work i mean uh you know take an individual schedule of a, a particular week that we set out on monday and we adjust our schedules to that that can get blown up and that's a week and you tried to do five weeks so brilliant work we're gonna dive in on it um, do you want to, uh, do you want to give any, any preamble here before we dive in? Cause I'm going to start with the team offensive ranks. Then we'll get into some team stuff and then I'll have you identify some players that you like and maybe some that you're a little bit nervous about and some potential changes that are coming down the pike. All that sounds fantastic. First of all, thank you for those kind of words. Uh, this, uh, I, I even need to push it out until Tuesday and even then it took until like 1.30 in the afternoon to do but i mean i actually modeled it a little bit off of yours of your rankings i know during the year some people have even actually asked like hey can you do tiers of, like sport does uh with like the usually start and uh sometimes start etc that kind of stuff and i did that at the bottom of just like just start these guys was one yes. and then high risk high reward decent schedules and floor and this was a little bit different uh in a sense that there are some like at the very bottom of it, for example, just uh, just throwing it out there, high risk, high reward has Denilson Lamette at 41, 
even though he could honestly be a part of the upside plays tier, which starts at that 85. True. Yeah. And it's, it's such a testament to this is not really, I mean, I call it the list because it is a list of all the guys and the list that we know and love. I still want that to be around in some way. It's not really that. It's just to help you look. It's at a, we're at a certain point that you're not going to trade anyone anymore. Exactly. You're going to be just looking at the schedule, mapping out your own teams, and then highlighting some guys that you can pick up and swap around. And obviously, for me to say, like, this guy is not someone you want anymore, or maybe this guy is. But for the most part, if you have Zach Plesak, you're just going to keep holding on to him. If you have Kenta Maeda, you're going to hold on to him. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just that's how it is at this point. These are your guys. So that was the mentality going into it. Yeah, huge shout out to Dan Wist for setting up our, our new table maker to help me make all of these individually colored cells. It's beautiful. I had I clicked on every single one and I messed up Arizona at first, but they're fixed now. I yeah, I heard uh, <laughs> I was listening to on the corner and you had to like go back in and, oh, and man. uh been there. Been there where you where you publish <laughs> something that you that you even review too. You know, I review oh, something, I publish it and I'm like, oh my God. Nope. Oh, oh, wow. I completely forgot whatever this, I know you know. HTML, I can just you know, find all the ARIs and then change the yellow to gray or whatever. But I, uh, it's, uh, it's embarrassing, as I was saying before, just because I see, I see like double headers and I should have caught that. Oh yeah. He's going to be on three days rest. Nah, nah, so nah, and he, it's more than that. You can't be embarrassed. It's well, too hard. It's, it's so hard. Oh, I should have done better, but the, the, the time investment, cause I don't know <laughs> how long it takes me just to make a list. Is, I had the most fun doing this. That's the, that's the fun I mean, part it, about it. Well, it was and like it's one also most entertaining articles I've done this year because just so much like, Oh man, look at this stuff. Look at the colors I can do. Look at it. It's, it's also stuff. your own research too, right? You're, you're researching yeah. for your own league. So it's like a double up sort exactly, of deal. Yeah. Um, before we dive in, I want to yes. ask just a, a, I'm throwing this on you. You have no prep on this. Sure. Just a, a one-off question here. Hunjin Ryu got blitzed again last night for seven earned yes. in four and two thirds at Arizona. That's back to back seven earned run outings. And then a little bit of a meh, uh, start at Atlanta before that, four runs in five and two thirds. Any concerns here with what we're seeing out of Hunjin Ryu? Or are you still looking at 16 strikeouts, three walks in these 14 and two thirds and saying, it's just a little bit of a bummer that he's given up five homers and 25 hits. I'm not worried. Where are you on Ryu as uh, as as we go into September here, knowing that he's in the midst of a Cy Young potential campaign? Sure. But three, his last three starts have been three of his four worst on the season. Definitely. I I actually read, led with Ryu for the roundup this morning, that daily you know review of all the stars from last night. It was actually one of my favorite headlines. Ryu can put it on the board. I, I like it. and I uh, the the main takeaway from it is I expect Ryu to be shut down in some way. Oh, okay. uh, I uh, I expect that the Dodgers, yeah, they're going to rest him for the playoffs. He has 157.1 innings, most Highest he's had five, since, since 2013, exactly, and it's clearly taking effect to him that he's not pitching as well as he has been all year. How are you not? And the Dodgers have so many options. Dustin May, yeah. Tony Gonsolin. You even have Urias at the end of that returning. He's supposed uh, to, when he comes back from a suspension, Julio Urias is supposed to be stretched out as a potential starter. Right. So you have all these options as a Dodgers uh, organization to to let Ryu sit. And I don't see why they don't do that. Um, if you do own Ryu, I'm still going to start him, though. I understand the 2-7 her, her runs, the home runs and stuff. Yeah, he still is good. It's, you know, the it's crazy. not like he's negative here. It, yes, it has been negative, but he's not like an actually a bad pitcher all of a sudden. So you're going to start him with an easy schedule that he has. 
the the schedule or the uh, the start last night flipped on a dime too. Uh, we were actually I was streaming and I had it on the iPad, which obviously if I'm streaming, talking to my chat, playing a video game, I'm not dialed in. But every time I looked, I mean, he was looking dominant through three innings. Really looked like I, I was thinking like he's going to shut this team out. That's how right. good it was. Right. And then it flips in the fourth. He gives up four uh, and three more in the fifth. So it, it went from from elite to awful like that. And when you see starts like that, does that put you more on the f- the fatigue train of like he can really only dial it up for these three innings? Or uh, do you take anything particular from something that started so great and fell off? Or would you react differently if it was like two two runs here, another run there, three runs there, if it was more spread out? I would. I generally do give – I mean I, I don't really put any weights on any of that as far as the timing of runs uh, by inning. Uh, I, if there anything, I do give a larger negative weight to spread out as opposed yeah. to one bad inning. Because generally, they were one bad inning. Consistently not working right. throughout the stretch. Showcasing start. three strong innings, saying, like, oh, yeah, I got this. And all of a sudden, things just falling apart. That's an yeah. easier thing to band aid than multiple. I, I agree. And, and, you know, I'll often point that out. You know, hey, this guy threw six scoreless, came out for the seventh, gave up five. It ruined the start. But that, to me, is a much better start right. than spreading out six. Like I think it's obvious to say that, but also something to keep in mind. So anyway, I agree with you. You got to start him. I just want to get your thoughts. I was asked about him in chat, and I was like, you just got to go. I mean, you're not benching him. That's over-managing, and you're certainly not cutting him for crying right. out loud. Exactly. Um, literally has four bad starts this year that are over two earned, and three of them have been the last three in a row. Yep. So I understand some trepidation, particularly with a guy who does not log a bunch of innings. Um, and if the Dodgers announce that they are going to skip him or something, then you make your decision. But until now, uh, he's going to Baltimore next week. Which... It's such a great schedule for the Dodgers. It's funny. The Astros and Dodgers have the easiest schedule. As if it's they just... even <laughs> need that. But yeah. So he gets oh, uh, he gets Baltimore next week. Hopefully he at least gets that start. And then if they do some things where they maybe skip him, push him out, whatever, figure it out. Even though, like, if you have him, he's been an ace for you. Who has? But he shouldn't be your 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 lone ace or anything, because obviously he right. was drafted as like a fifth guy yep. or something. So uh, hopefully, even if they are finicky with what they do with his innings, that it doesn't kill you in the playoffs, particularly in a head to head, which can be really tough uh, because you're playing in that isolated week. But anyway, let's get into this list. Let's start with the ranking of the offenses, oh, which, which is yeah. probably your most difficult task here. I don't envy what you have to go through with that because you're, you you mentioned that you were trying to balance overall because nothing's going to be stronger in terms of pr- predictions. The, the projection systems will tell you nothing's going to be stronger than that full sample of the entire year. Right. At the same time, we're smart enough to acknowledge that the teams evolve over the season or devolve yes. and, and, and things change. And so kind of looking at maybe a last 30 days and a last 60 days at the same time is pretty interesting. And you just took an amalgam. You were kind of just working off of different things to come up with your five tiers, elite, great, average, weak, and poor. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us more insight into how that worked and how you're feeling about it now a week in as you enter week two with, uh, with sure. those? I, I'm going to I'm just going to say I want to hear your the teams that you uh, want to uh, change before I reveal okay. the ones I want to. I, there, to me, there's three teams. I'm about like 90 percent sure that I'm going to switch. And then there's two or there's yeah maybe one or two that I could also do. But generally, okay. I was going with this. I'm thinking, OK, like Cleveland, I need to treat differently because with they no. got Fran Mill and they got Puig. Like that's yes. a huge change for them. 
Uh, there are certain teams like the, like the Nationals. When I did this on Monday, they were so blazing hot that mm-hmm. I couldn't not do it. And while the, the Braves have been ridiculously cold. And if you look at the entire season, Atlanta deserved to be elite, but maybe not. And they, they were put down into great. I tried to also weigh in some strikeout rates, which isn't necessarily always a major thing when we, when we do these general ranks of WRC plus and Woba, but considering that it's such a heavy category, that you need, we need to take into consideration. One team's a 25% strikeout rate, and the other one's a 21%. That's a big Absolutely. difference. Well, so and I did try to weigh that one in as well. It can save a start, right? You give up four or five right. earned, but you strike out seven. Salvage. Yeah, you're salvaging, exactly. So at points league, you can almost come out positive if you give up four runs, but you strike out 10, you yeah. know, depending on how your scoring works. One thing I'll ask before we get into some of the teams that I, I would uh, lobby for a change for – did you give any consideration to maybe doing a versus right versus lefty? So I've actually gotten some of that, and I, uh, I did, but that's just too much. I it was I just it couldn't was just even imagine way, way too much. To and yeah. I mean, for the most part, yes, there are some ridiculous splits. There's outliers, yeah. But it's honestly, it's if the guy is a terrible lefty, I don't care. You yeah. Know? And if he's a ter- if he's a really good righty, but they're good against righties, I still don't care. So it's at the end of the day, I said, you know what? Let's just go overall and just call it a day. Yeah, you go, you go overall and then let folks kind of dig yeah, in. Right. If they want to change it themselves slightly, then okay. All right. So the first one that struck me that ha- I think has to be at least one grade up, if not two, are the baby J's. You put them in the poor. Yes. I agree and, with that one. And, and I thought that, you know, yeah. that young team, that their makeup is so much yeah. different. That, Bichette definitely that, uh, influences that one more yeah. now. And yes. And and what's the timetable on Gurriel? Because once the, if, when they get him back, that's just another quality young bat that they're putting back in the lineup. And he is expected to hang on uh, rehab games early next week. And that was as of August 27th. So that'll be early this upcoming week. So they could have him back. Oh. Uh, in short order, which makes them even stronger. So th- I think, uh, yeah, they at least go to week, maybe average. So I, I may, I'm going to put them up into week. I will say, as far as strikeout rate, they're still in the bottom half, and they do still their K. Woba in the last 14 days is still 22nd. But I understand week. There is also upside in that offense in the last month, so it's not it's not like they are the Tigers. So all right, correct. Uh, yeah, the I'll, Tigers. I, just I, yes, I, I, that was one team. That was one. Utterly okay. awful. Okay, another one. Uh, I feel like St. Louis probably has to go up. Yep, St. Louis is going to go up to average. <laughs> yes, they've been uh, they've been playing well. That's definitely another. I wonder. Th- this one's a tough one because their woba is really awful since July first. Yet you look up and down the lineup, and it's hard to say that you you want to attack Philly, and yet they also have a twenty five percent strikeout rate and a three ten woba. That's twenty sixth on the woba, and the seventh highest strikeout rate for Philadelphia since July 1st. And so I wonder if maybe they're more of a week. But average, I think it's fine. That's not my my big beef with them. But where are you on a, on a team like Philly? Are you That's, maybe... It's really hard. That's why they're in the neutral. Is I just I can't really pinpoint that one. Because and, they could flip on a dime, right? Right. It's it's really... I mean, they will, can be absolutely cold for two weeks. Yes. And Hoskins, man. Have you can also go up. So it's, yeah, Hoskins, actually, Nick Jurley put out a, an article, I think, back in June talking about the expected fall of him. And he had yep. so much negative, negative, negative I, comments. And we actually and just I, put one out that's a new one today or yesterday just about Hoskins. Like, what happened? 
I think I had some uh, some references to that when I put out a piece about some power uh, surgers for the second half, and I included Hoskins. I think somebody actually referenced mm-hmm. his piece saying, "I don't know about that one," and I was like, "Oh, dang, I, I hadn't." You know, taking into that, taking that into account, I stuck with Hoskins and it has been an absolute bust. Five homers and just a dreadful 693 OPS in the second half. So I definitely missed that one with Hoskins. Another ball club that I might look to change. I think I'd put Casey in the week. They were in, uh, in the poor. Or in the poor, excuse yes. me. I think I, I think yep. I'd go all the way down with them. Yes. And I might I actually flip them with San Francisco, who. Interesting. They're somewhat capable. Like, uh, I'm not scared of them by any stretch, but. You know, maybe it's semantics to go from poor to weak, but I would flip those two. I would put San Francisco in in at least the week, maybe even the average. Again, looking since July 1st, which is an arbitrary point just because it's the beginning of a month doesn't make it less arbitrary. But I am looking at that. They're actually sixth in overall uh, WOBA. Yeah, that's a surprise oh, oh, pardon me. That, to me. Pardon me. That's I, against that's against righties. Pardon me. Pardon me. Against. I wouldn't know. They're, uh, I mean, the last fourteen days. The last fourteen days, they're pretty like around the fifteenth, twentieth in a lot of categories. Okay. Which is then still very much not the worst, oh. you know. Yeah. So there is definitely an argument to be had there. Uh, bringing in the Giants at the same time over the entire season, it's twenty seventh in Woba. Yeah. And also Oracle Park is a really nice place to pitch, which I the only team I wanted to really separate was the was Coors. You just have yes, to. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, That's two separate. And teams. it's actually kind of funny. I think three times I mentioned this on the on the on the corner podcast was the Rockies. I, I look at their schedule and go, what are you talking about? How are the uh, how are, are this team ridiculously high? Also, no, no, this is the wrong color, Nick. The the <laughs> the Mets are in a red. What is this? And then it was oh right, Nick, right, right. They're in course. They're in course. You have to add yes, two. You have to add course. two tiers. Don't do this. Don't and be that, stupid. Change it three you know, times. I'm not even joking. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Coors ga- a lot of Coors games down the stretch too. So that's going to oh yeah play play some interesting stuff with with leagues down the stretch. I'm trying to think. There's not really any other teams that I saw outright where I was like, hey. Mm-hmm. You really gotta, you really gotta do this here. Since he was one, I was gonna quibble with a little bit, but I think average is actually right because on one night they really, they really do seem to go guardrail to guardrail. They can put up 11 and then the next night they're like two hit by some, by some clown, right. uh, spot starters. So I think average is the right move for them. Um, everything else, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with there. Those were, those were my main so quibbles. Some things I am considering the fact that the Angels have won the lowest strikeout rates. Um, and, and have to, all year mentioned. Yeah. And that's kind of a consistent thing. And I might want to raise them. I, uh, but I'm not sure if, if really I want to do that. Maybe I want to lower the reds. The reds are weird. They and... are. I'm telling you, it's like one, <laughs> you, one night you catch them. The punisher goes off. Suarez hits a homer and they look great. The next night you don't understand how these guys are in the majors. They really, right. they vacillate so much. The reds do. So, so I might, I might be tempted to throw them into the, the weak tier. Um, but you considered making for the most part, I'm okay because they're they're six in the majors last 14 days in strikeout rate. And you considered making a sixth tier just for the Tigers? <laughs> I can't. I, I I keep joking about this. I I watched the game yesterday with my Clevenger pitch. I still can't tell you three of their starting hitters. I don't know who they are. There's two uh, Castros there. I know that, and they said Willie. Not yeah, Willie and Harold. Je- <laughs> Jeff Zimmerman's been uh, been chiding me slash laughing. You know about because he does the AL lineup analysis stuff. He's like, "What the hell's going on with your club?" I'm like, the "Dude, three hitter was like a 220 average or something." Or tank for torque, baby. Oh. I, I learned I learned this new uh, the new the little moniker. Uh, this this guy Spencer Spencer 
Torkelson from Arizona State uh, is somebody who has some potential uh, number one overall pick uh, allure to him. And uh, one of the Tigers fans in my chat yesterday was like, tank for Tork. I was like, I love it because I agree too. <laughs> no business. Like I'm actually fine with it overall. First off, it's a, it's a great landing spot for fantasy. So start all your guys against the Tigers 100%. Sure. Uh, even clowns like Adam Plutko I'd be going out and scooping. But also – you know, what What good is it to be the, the 27th worst team? Get that first pick. Get the most money you can. Plus, they need hitting, right? They've really developed some interesting pitching the Tigers have. Riley Green was a nice hitting pick this year. But they still need a lot more hitting for this rebuild. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm the type of guy who – if you're bad, you're bad. There's no honor in being, like I said, the 27th worst team or the, even the 23rd. Get that number one pick and do it with this uh, by putting out these god awful lineups, which they've it's been doing lately. Really, it's just <laughs> I and, watched and why, the game and I still don't know. Why is Travis Demerit batting seven? Uh, is he too good? Are they punishing him for actually showing some semblance of a bat? Because that has been bizarre to me. It's like, okay, at least take the the clowns that you do have and put them in a in a logical order. But no, they have Demerit, who they got in the uh, in the Shane Green deal. Somebody I am actually intrigued by. He strikes out a ton, but he's got some power and speed. And uh, you know they're batting him seventh. So I it's it, it's whatever though. It's been a miserable season. I do still watch every once in a while, but I will not sit here and lie to you guys and pretend like I watch the Tigers every day like I usually do. I'm I'm seeing their uh, the payroll right now. That's what I'm looking at, and it's all 117 million this year. It's probably a lot of Miggy That's and 20, past deals. Yeah. No, yeah, 26 million for retained and deferred. Yep, uh, 14 mil on the disabled list. Unreal. Uh, 61 well, and, year, Zimmerman. and Zimmerman. Yeah, obviously. Zimmerman and Miggy are essentially next year at 61 million. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think their rebuild is going all right. Um, I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that it's amazing, but that pitching is really interesting and that can kind of, yeah, you know, obviously you need some good luck with that health wise, but, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far on that. I want to get, get back into know, it. So you're going to make some changes. Yes. Um, and, uh, you just gave me an idea for an off season podcast series as if we are the front office of teams and what we're going to do. I uh, love that idea. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds a lot of fun. And I can just like do an accent and act like I sound like that front office guy. But anyway, all right. Yeah, so we have the, 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 the teams. I think this is fine. Arizona could actually be great, but uh, I, I need to ex- look at it one more time. Maybe make, things make happen sure, over the weekend. Make sure Marte's healthy. Yes. Did you see what happened with him? Oh, yeah. The, he hit a home run. Oh, man. And cramped his ha- hammy. Had to leave the game after hitting a home run. <laughs> it looked like he popped it. Like it was. Uh, I know uh, was I was talking to that. Eno on chat. He was freaking out. I think he's got him in some key leagues. And he's like, oh, God. Catal Marte just hit a homer and popped his hamstring, and it's thankfully it was just a cramp, so he should be all right. But let's get into the let's get into the list and the teams now. Now, using what you, what you've discovered so far, who were some of the teams that you felt had some strong schedules that you would want to attack with their pitchers? Right. So you mentioned Houston and the Dodgers at the outset, but obviously we were already starting all those guys. Right. I mean, there is Framber Valdez maybe to True. consider with the Astros. There's Gonsolin in May, but for the most part, those guys are kind of gone. Solin, I, the Cubs. <laughs> I almost spit out my drink. The game. Cubs are another one that is just not fair. They have a really fortunate one, a, not a single tier one or tier two team the rest of the way, but 
the only problem guys are owned. That's yeah, all five of their guys are already um, are set. With the Reds, it's kind of interesting. Tony Disco was available a bit this week. He was in that uh, that article, Rotographs I Do, um, with the waiver wire starters every week. And he was right inside of it for a while. Now he's finally over the 20% mark. But there is may be wood? some leagues. Is it Wood pretty available too? In some wood, shower wood is 30, 40, I think, okay. around there. Um, but they're both, I mean, it, they're both average schedules. They're nothing exceptional, but they're all fine. Okay. Uh, Tony Disco just got the Marlins took full advantage. Yeah. The Phillies, yes, Arizona twice, the Cubs and the Brewers. And then Wood is, uh, going, went against the Marlins last night. I actually had like a ridiculous 37 over 103 CSW, which is really good. You want to see That's over really 30. Nice. And that's awesome. But, uh, Phillies, Arizona twice, the Mets and Brewers for him. I, uh, Obviously avoid the Rockies, essentially avoid the Tigers. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh my goodness. I would say the, the, I mean, the Dodgers, as we mentioned before oh, too, but. Wait, let me look back there. Yes. You said, you said avoid the Tigers. Yes. We're not Boyd boys down the stretch, are we? I mean, selectively. Yeah. I, th- I think like the at KC and Baltimore. The Baltimore. But I don't think I'm starting them. Mini at Oakland at Cleveland. No. Mini again. I'm not. He's been a home run machine. Yeah. Have we talked about this? I, I obviously I do multiple podcasts, sometimes overlap uh, topics. Have you heard the the Matt Boyd as Nick Pavetta thing? I mean, I haven't, but I understand it. He's a cherry bomb. It's. I mean, yeah, I get it uh, completely. It's been pretty frustrating what what the home run rate has done to his to him in the second half. I mean, it's pretty disgusting. They're, like they're... Mike Mike Leak looks at his home run rate like bro. Try to keep the ball in the yard. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, to 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 talk about that really quickly with Pavetta versus Boyd, they're different. Com- I, I like the idea of the comp in the sense of you know, the just can do baseline, really well and then yeah, the baseline skill, stuff. not it's, the entire makeup. Well, okay, so when what they do is completely different, you know, it, it doesn't Correct. sound like they are because they're both really fastball breaker. Um, Pavetta does have two pitches and a slider curveball, but neither of them are as good as Boyd's slider, at least consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, Pavetta does throw harder. I, I mean, I, I think Boyd's but skill Boyd's is also, also keeping it up, and also I think he uses it better overall. Um, it has not gone well for him, but if you want to talk about the actual command and trust to be able to really be a finesse pitcher that has strikeout stuff, Boyd can do that. Um, that's, I, I do see him as that eventually. Uh, well, that's the crazy thing about this. So the first like three homer game that he had, uh, in the summer was on June 21st, uh, actually the first day of summer oh, yeah. for, for Boyd. And so over his last 12 start, starts, he's given up 21 homers yeah, in ridiculous. 70 and a third. Right. That's a two seven rate. But he has 96 strikeouts in those 70 and a third as well. So you still see 96 to 25 on the strikeout to walk, and you still have that foundation there, which I think is better than what Pavetta was doing when he was struggling. I don't think the, sure, yeah, the right. base skills like were holding up as well. Or something like that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's a great point. So I guess uh, I'll, I'll put you on. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. A general range of where you think Boyd's going to be in your 2020 ranks. Oh, that's fun because he will not. He will not be as high as other ones because uh, I I don't think I need to take the risk on predicting it. Especially sense. because you're you're very unlikely to be protected with some extra wins. Could still garbage team next sure. year. Yeah, and, and uh, could still be bad defense too. That's a thing yeah. that I worried about. I was a Boyd boy in that 
I acknowledge the talent and I was excited about him, but my, my trepidation with him and Fulmer before the injury was the god-awful defense, particularly on the corners with Stewart and Castellanos. So Castellanos is, of course, gone, but I still look at that that Tigers team, and I don't see a lot of quality defense either on the infield or outfield. So we'll see what their makeup is next year. But the softer factors of like win protection, uh, defensive protection – that's not there for Boyd at all. So you're really just going off of his base skills. And if he doesn't curb that home run rate, I'm not sure I can get him in I, even the top I'm 50. Gonna, I'm going to put you on the percentage here. Uh, sorry, on the uh, on the spot here. What is the percentage that Matt Boyd is a Tiger this time next year? Well, because Alavila is stupid, it's about 100. <laughs> but it, if he were a good GM of any uh, talent whatsoever, it would be about a three percent chance because even with those second half struggles teams understand what they're getting they would still pay a, a pretty solid price I, I don't think that uh you, you'd call up a gm and he would just look at the era and say i'm gonna fleece you here it's 208 strikeouts on 159 innings we understand what getting boyd uh, particularly you know obviously the dream scenario would be houston i know there were some rumors there but i think you could still command something a high impact bat and I would take that one bat, right? I, I would take maybe Kyle Tucker. I, I would probably take that straight up if I'm being 100% honest with you if I were the Tigers. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that they absolutely should consider trading him. He's going to be 29 next year. He's not part of the next great team, I don't think, that the Tigers have. And pitching is their strength. So what what's really the purpose of keeping him? Right. I, I, that, and that's the thing, too. So let's say Boy gets dealt. Uh, then things change. Oh, right. Uh, so, so I do wonder if that's going to happen in the winter meetings. If there is some conversations going to be had there. I mean, obviously, we'll probably see where the chips fall with Cole, et cetera, and then Boyd will be the backup plan for a lot of teams. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so, so that's, uh, that's, that's, right. that's consideration. If you're talking about top 50, I think I'll put him in the top 50. Yeah. I'm probably going to put him around. I think the mid 30s is where I'm going to live once again, uh, with your Zach Gallons and your Andrew Heaney's and your, uh, uh, I mean, even Mitch Keller, maybe in the last round, that kind of stuff is how I'm going to live next year. <laughs> Peak cherry bomb lately, by the way. Oh, I know. Very, it's very uh, interesting. But I am so in love with this stuff. Oh, uh, my I, Lord. I saw am Keller, so in love. Saw Keller a few years ago. I've actually been been pretty excited about him in general. But he came up, you know, he obviously got blitzed like right off the top. And it was like, ah, nuts. How's this going to work out? And it really is that he, he is the quintessential cherry bomb but yeah saw him at fall league two years ago definitely been a guy i've been clocking for a while so i'm i'm excited about mitch keller he's going to be a cheap guy too so right. i'll have him on a lot of rosters next biggest year. biggest knock is that he's a pittsburgh pirate correct um, that has now become so a negative yeah all right the only so, positive aspect is their home park yes um all, all right, right so we're back talking to the team. About, you're back to teams okay hey guys welcome this is about schedules <laughs> Yeah, we're talking uh, 2020, and we're supposed to be talking schedules for the rest so, of this year. So I will say uh, a team that surprised me that has actually a pretty fortunate one, especially for some guys that don't get to the negatives, um, are the uh, Oakland Athletics. Um, they have a weekend series right now against the Yankees. They also have Houston from the 9th to the 12th. But outside of that, it's Kansas City, a lot of Texas, Seattle, Tigers are in there, the Angels. Out. Yep. It's that's good stuff. And I mean, Bassett's probably not going to go straight in line as he has right now, just because he uh, he's likely to go on paternity leave next week. 
could be Sean Manaya taking over that, and I'm obviously yeah. smashing that everywhere I can he's right been, now. Uh, he's, he's been, been noise. But Tanner Roark is someone that might be available that could help out as he gets the Angels, the Tigers, the obviously the Astros, sit for that, but then the Royals, Angels, and possibly the Mariners on the last day. Someone to you know consider been, there. Homer Bailey. You know who's been pretty good? Throw in there. Brett Anderson. Mike Fires. Your boy, Mike Fires. <laughs> Folks might remember the uh, the Mike Fires discussion that we had last year. Oh, He's just a quality major league pitcher. Oh, I understand man. the difficulty of trusting him in fantasy because, uh, A, when it goes bad, it usually goes really bad. Uh, he doesn't have base skills that make you excited. But I do think Mike Fires is one of those guys that if you do sit down and watch, uh, you know, even a, a medium start or, or one of his gems, you understand why it can work so regularly for him. Right. Of course, a 13-3 and record is, is greatly helping him. But a 340 ERA, 115-whip. He's been he's been interesting this year and, and really strong. I would not buy back in uh, at this level for next year, but uh, I do like what Mike Fires is doing. He's he's uh, well rostered. Oh but yeah. You, you mentioned Bassett, Roark, Anderson, Bailey. Bailey's been a cherry bomb. He has two yes. really negative starts with them, but all the other five are great. Yeah, and, and it's, or, or uh, he's good. And at least with Bailey too, it's the splitter has actually been decent. Uh, recently that, with well, the, with Athletics, which is a really cool thing to see. He is he's a great poster boy for our 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 trepidation with the splitter yes, though. Yes, 100%. And you talk about how much of a feel it is and the problem this year with the ball that we have is is so many is is once you don't have feel for the splitter, it's home run city. I mean, it already is in a normal environment. Just go look at Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah. But but you, it gets amplified exactly, and that's my that's my concern. But I agree with you. This schedule sets up nicely. Uh he gets he gets New York this weekend, but then Detroit the Houston, he has that similar schedule to, uh, um, Brett Anderson. So he gets, he's going to get both New York and Houston. But after that, you get Texas, Texas, Seattle. Yeah. And I'm not too worried about Texas, even in Texas, right? Yeah, now. definitely. 100%. Uh, so. j- just the last point about fires. He had 13 straight quality starts. And then his last five starts, he's had one. See, that's the thing. When it goes bad, it goes, it, just he, he, he's so difficult to trust. You know who's like that too, uh, and and these guys they they frustrate me to no end. To be honest, as far as fantasy goes, um, Brad Keller. Oh man, it's, it's a, you know they oh, put up like the don't, eight don't nine strong in starts Brad in a row, but then when it goes bad, it's it's season crushing. You know, By the way, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be a little little te- technical here. Yeah, five and a third, five and a third, five oh, and I two know. third. I want to bring that up. One, oh, yeah. two, oh, yeah, and yeah. one earned, but. but your point stands. They're not. He's not going six, it's and you need volume fair. with with fires because he doesn't have a good strikeout rate. No, so not. your point is fair. I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I felt I felt a little weird about it. Then we kept moving on. I was like, all right, I guess, uh, yeah, good. I'm glad you you added that point about it. I, uh, Brad Keller, though, man, this is ah, uh, this was a guy that all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, about a month ago, maybe six six starts ago. Started throwing 95 and change after throwing yep. 93 all year. And then doing it sometimes with that, you know, the Blake Snell blueprint of fastballs up sliders down. And he was cruising for some starts. And I was getting kind of excited because then he has the, the Orioles and Royals wood next. And then all of a sudden now he's throwing 92 on Monday. And I said, he's injured. He has to be. All of a sudden he goes and, like 95 down and then they shut him down. What happened? Yeah. I'm just so upset. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sad. Because this was someone that, you know, I love, I love when we have guys that we don't really care about and we don't really have stuff going on for them, but all of a sudden they make a tangible change and then they can, 
you know, they can actually make an impact that you believe in. Yep. And then it gets stripped away. And actually that happened before to another Royals guy I remember being so upset about was Nathan Carnes. Yes. Uh, oh, injuries have this. I know. Yes, injuries have ruined Carnes' career. He had that four game stretch with a knuckle curve in the uh in the Royals. He finally threw it over forty percent of the time, was cruising. And then his career essentially ended. Yes. And it is and, ostensibly uh, over. Those are the worst. Those are the worst. No, it's so. it's so frustrating because yeah, you think you you think you turned over a hidden gem there, and you know you do have Oakland rated highly as a team to worry about. But Keller had him at home. He'd been pitching so well that I think a lot of folks would use that start, and I don't blame them at all. And and it's you got whipsawed, you got gut punched, five earned and one in the third. He's done for the year. At least one thing I will say, and this is more to take forward you know, beyond uh, the rest of this season because you can't really make up for it uh, if you're in like a playoff this week and he hurt you for Keller. But being that he was hurt, you're not happy about that, but it validates that your process wasn't necessarily off, that there was a change to Keller's health, not just that he was smoking mirrors for the, uh, let's see, what was it? Eight, nine starts that he put up of a 275 ERA with, with that impressive velo. He's never a huge K guy, but he generally keeps the ball in the yard. So he had, Keller was doing good things that were believable. He did pull the rug out from under, Brad Keller, I should say, since we were just talking about yeah, Mitch right. Keller. I want to be clear. <laughs> Brad Keller. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that he's down for the rest of the year with the arm fatigue. Hopefully he comes back next year, but uh, let's carry on here. So, uh, yes. any other teams that stood out as a positive, uh, schedule that you have some potential. Surprising so. Pickups. The Giants. The Giants. Okay. Well, they get home a lot, so, which always helps. And Logan what Webb also. I mean, Logan Webb, uh, he, this weekend they're hosting the, the Padres and then he gets the Cardinals and then the Pittsburgh Pirates and then the Marlins. That's four starts that could help. And I don't love, love I don't love Logan Webb. I don't think that his fastball is good enough to, on its own, to, uh, to not get laced on a given night and his breaking but stuff is necessarily. At home too. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, against the Pirates and Marlins. I mean, both of those would be fine on the road as well. But yeah, it's always nice to be in Oracle Park. I uh, and it's just his, his breaking stuff could be good enough on a given night. Um, I think he's worth the risk for. I'd say most of those, maybe not on the road against the Cardinals, but I mean, he could easily be a stream for you even tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, That's so one of those Logan Webb. That's one of those ones. The the one against the Cardinals because we did mention maybe moving them up a bit in the in the right. difficulty ranking for an offense but that's one of those ones i think that uh, if i'm in a points league i think i take the gamble and sure. say yeah. you know I, I i can do that maybe categories or straight up roto uh non-head-to-head league i might back off but i think i could i could take the shot there uh as far as gambling in a points league i want to ask you about another giant who you uh noted could come back and take Derek rodriguez's spot that's johnny cueto sure. um you look at his rehab outings there's nothing really to write home about in terms of a, a 470 ERA, but nobody cares about ERA when you're talking about rehab. I'm looking at the base skills, and it's only 15 and a third, but it's 15 strikeouts against one walk. Is Cueto someone you're stashing? And if so, what type of league format are you doing? So, not, I don't really love it because I think he's going to come back and not be 100% right away. It's a clear DLH, right? It's a simple hangover. I'm sticking mm-hmm. to DLH. I don't want Still Ill. I want DLH. Still Ill was a pretty good... <laughs> Uh, I'm just so I'm there. so ingrained I'm so ingrained with DLH. I but yeah, still ill. Of course, fine. You don't start him on the first start back from the IL. Um, I think it's going to take. I'd, I'd say by the third start, I'd be okay with Cueto. 
Okay. But we don't even know what we're going to get. I mean, even when Cueto was last. count. Right. And when we last saw Cueto, it's not like he was just a stud. Correct. He hasn't been that for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of investment, I think, for one or two starts. That's fair. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up and, and point out that, you know, he's working his way back. You're much more confident in someone like Sean Manaya, yes? 100%. Gotta get it. Okay. Him. Yeah. Okay. So already stash Manaya. Yes. You can maybe put, uh, Cueto on your watch list, but That's don't, fine, don't yeah. act now. Yeah, maybe you, NL you only can, where you can just, just be very careful with it. I'm not optimistic. Look, if he comes out dealing on that first start. Fine. Then you awesome. jump. Yeah. Then you jump. So yeah. you can you uh, can do a spec ad now if you really have that spot. I don't. I'm not against that, but it's okay. I, I'm not expecting it. So Quato, be careful, but uh, Manaya jump all in. Okay. Any other teams on the positive before we hit some teams that we're concerned about? Really quickly, um, the Diamondbacks are so bad with Mike Leake okay. and Alex Young are guys to consider. Uh, down the stretch, CC Sabathia might be actually be uh, getting a longer leash. Imagine this. He's not going to be starting the playoffs, right? I would, yeah. I would imagine that. And this is his last season. He so should be they, a two, three inning guy in the bullpen for them, right? Right. Or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. So this is the last opportunity to really get innings in the regular season. I imagine they'll let him go more than the typical five IPS that he's had. And the Yankees get the Rangers, Tigers, Jays twice and Rangers. I imagine. Yeah, they get double Rangers. Yeah. Uh, on the bookend, and then in the middle of that is at Detroit, at Toronto, and then home against Toronto. Yes. We mentioned that the Jays are a little bit tougher, but they're still not a team that you're like deathly afraid of. You're just right. you're just aware that they can get you. But it's still a young team, and against a crafty vet, this could work he, out he very well. Get and and CC Sabathia again, I, I I get the feeling that will be his limelight almost. You know his uh, mm-hmm. his way to go out is like, hey, go dominate September because you won't have another September. Yeah, this is it. Uh, and the, yeah, and he's, he's not really going to be relied on heavily in the playoffs, so no. let him fly here. I think he's a, 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 you know, Paxton doesn't do as well and only goes four innings. You bring in uh, Sabathia for two, in, or you know, Tanaka or something like that, and then you bring Sabathia in as like a bridge or something. And I right. could see him throwing some good two, three inning outings as the playoffs go. But I agree with you there. Kind That's a like good one. Uh, in, anything uh, else in the Subway Series? Uh, I got that yes. one out against Piazza. <laughs> that's a, that's a great that's a great callback. But, that, but that's uh, I mean yeah, that's pretty much it I think. Uh, all right, let's hit yeah. some negativity then. Let's uh, who are some of the schedules that are worrisome with some pitchers that you would normally start that maybe you're put, tapping the brakes on. Um, first of all, I have no idea from the Jays. Um, he's my favorite <laughs> one. Uh, I I literally have no idea. They don't know who this who the guy is going to be. They did a bullpen game essentially. <laughs> For those that don't haven't read the list yet. <laughs> Nick put, I have no idea as their as their first starter. <laughs> because they didn't know it was Wilmer Font Correct. and then nothing. And it was just oh man. Guys, I'm trying hard. Uh Jacob Wagaspack? Wag Sure. Wagospack? I don't know. Um he, he looked decent in the other start. I think it was against the Yankees where he kind of he side made them for uh for seven innings or so. And it was a Quietly really good, been all right. Really good cutter is involved there, but that's really it. Well, the Jays as a whole just have a terrible schedule. Uh, Jacob himself, Atlanta twice. He just endured Atlanta. Uh, actually, maybe it's going tonight. I think they got swapped around a little, if I remember No, no, correctly. no. He, no, he, he did. He, he got smoked yeah, by he them. Yeah, got smoked. Uh, right, right. That's it. Okay. And then Atlanta again, and then the Red Sox and the Yankees twice, and then the Red... No, oh. no. All of the Jays. You just feel bad for them. They're just, just out. Just, you're done. Get out of here. In fact... Don't touch anything. If you can maybe turn over some rocks on some uh, on some lesser utilized players, 
on perhaps the Yankees, the Rays, even the Orioles, and use them against these Jays. You right. might do that for the offensive. Obviously, most Yankees are are scooped up. Maybe Mike Ford in some of your uh, cheap uh, shower leagues, I should say. Baltimore Orioles could be interesting. Uh, they get a series against Trent Thornton, Brock Stewart, Clay Buchholz. Um, and oh, and then another series, and they get those yeah. same guys so, again. And I have no idea. <laughs> um, I will say I'm not ruling out the idea that Brock Stewart has a decent start in one of those two against the Orioles. I like where your head's at. Eno used to uh, rep Brock Stewart yeah, heavily yeah, when he was I, I on totally this show. I understand that. The way that it, he would be able to go essentially three pitches with a fastball, slider, changeup, very effective. Mm-hmm. He can, but I mean, I'm not I'm not doing that in anything save for an AL only league uh, with Brock Stewart. Would I consider that? Okay. Uh, other really tough ones, um, the Padres can have some toughness on the, on the second half. Drew Lucchese, for example, and Dylan Lamette, both. They just have right now have this giant series, which is great. Um, Lucchese is Diamondbacks, Cubs, Cores, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. That's not easy. Uh, That's that, not easy at And all. same with Quantrill that, has, that people have kind of uh, fallen for lately. Yes, he did just get rocked against the Dodgers, and I would hold him for his next two starts – Against the Giants in Oracle Park and then hosting the Rockies. Rocky Road, very sweet, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Cubs, Brewers, Diamondbacks twice, I'm a little more hesitant about that. Uh, you'd want f- more favorable matchups for him. Paddock is going to get shut down, so whatever I have here for him, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and even if he doesn't, you know, uh, on September 13th, he starts a run of at Colorado, at Milwaukee, right. home to the Dodgers, and at Arizona. You might just want him shut down anyway, make the decision yeah, for you, you. Not to mention, I think it's going to be a six-man rotation with the Padres, yes. which is just great. Uh- <laughs> that doesn't make anything difficult at all. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, and then there's situations where they're like the Nationals this weekend. I thought it would be Joe Ross tomorrow, but it's not. They're actually doing a four-man for one turn of it. It's – ah, okay. Uh, continuing on from guy, from teams that have bad ones, the Angels are have been one that we've been talking about a lot. Before even Griffin Cannon got shut down, it looked terrible for him. Uh, Heaney got bounced around, and they're going to go four-man this weekend, which is so unfortunate because that means Heaney does get the Red Sox on Sunday instead of Oakland on Monday or on Tuesday. Yeah, that's really annoying. He had now there are some starts you want and some you don't. So I he could get the White Sox and Rays. Um, he should okay. get the White Sox at the very least and the Rays, but it could be the Yankees after, and then there may be an Oakland start involved. It could be two of Houston to end the season. It's it gets a little rocky for the Angels o- overall. Patrick Sandoval, as I call him, the Irish Panda. I uh, he he has he actually had a really nice start against the Rangers, yeah. but everything else is just so sh- just messed up. It, it's and, well, and that's and that goes back to the Rangers not not really being scary at this point, right? Um, because Heaney blitzed them for uh, two starts in a row as well. So be careful there. Um, he, he's been, been awesome. Uh, hopefully he does get that White Sox Tampa Bay duo there because he does end with double Houston and that is right. Tough. So, so I mean, if he is getting that Boston start on the first, then I, it does look like it's going to be Yankees A's instead of Rays Astros, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, well, it, who knows at this point? Uh, it, either way, it's not going to be a pretty end. So I wouldn't be targeting any of the Angels guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, any other teams that you're looking at and I mean, having some trepidation? You don't need me to tell you to not touch the Rockies. 
I uh, yeah, the, they don't even have anybody anyway. <laughs> the White Sox first, for, they might have some trouble. It's a bit of back and forth. Ronaldo Lopez could get the Royals in Detroit twice, which is great, but he's also endures the the Braves, the the Indians, and then the Twins as well. Um, I kind of like we're talking about increased velocity. Vrelo has had some ridiculous velocity. And keeping um, the ball in the yard. It's it's really, really great to see. It. It's just that his secondary stuff hasn't really followed suit yet. So it's not it, I'm not even asking for both. I'm asking for just one. Give me like a slider or a change up that's just, just great. Just a one. second pitch that you can rely on. Just yes. one. So he Come gets on, I'm not I don't want to start him against the Braves this weekend. I don't want to start him for the Indians the week after because he's just not fully there yet. Okay. Uh, but uh otherwise I think I think that went through most of it. The Baltimore Royals have like half and half. Maybe if if but, but they don't have anybody anyway. Well, oh, if, yeah. if Wojciechowski well, figures Asher, it Asher, out, if he, like yep. if he does get better with that curveball and John slider, Means. Yeah, John Means actually I should have mentioned before yeah. he has a good schedule. He's got the Royals and the Rangers and Detroit and Mariners. And he has availabilities. So that that is somebody you could go out and actually get. Yeah. Definitely. So, um so we'll okay. That. So that's what we're looking at right now. Now let's get a little bit deeper into the list here. What I really want to ask you about yeah. is some of your 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 lockdown guys that you're actually worried about because of their schedule. So maybe like top 41, those first couple groupings that you have there. Sure. Um, not necessarily that you're benching them, but just that you're like – you're you're nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody in that top forty-one there that you're that you're really nervous about, and maybe would even consider sitting for a start or two. Uh, yeah, Zach Wheeler. Um, okay, he, he goes against the Nationals uh, on the fourth, which oh no, <laughs> I want in, nothing to do. He's uh, on the road for that too, and haven't they whooped him? Oh yeah, completely. I was at the first one against Scherzer. Where he walks five guys, I think, in one inning, something stupid like that. Um, it, it's, it's Philly tonight. And then the Nationals, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Reds, Marlins. I'm worried for at the very least the Nationals and Dodgers start. Uh, I think he, the, the fact that his fastball is staying thigh high in and out, but thigh high completely without any sort of north south. And his secondary stuff isn't complementing north south either. That's scary to me. Uh, with Wheeler, it's, it's annoying how much of an undulation he is of just feeling it, not feeling it, feeling it, not feeling it all season. Uh, yep. so at this point, I can't tell you. I mean, it could be the undulation of the schedule itself that is good and that might be great where you start him against Philly and the Diamondbacks and the Reds and get the good starts and avoid Nationals and Dodgers. But honestly, it could be reversed because it's Wheeler. So I do have some trepidation there. Yeah, that, that, that is not easy for Zach Wheeler. So you definitely want to be careful there. And that is actually somebody that I could see myself benching, um, in, in the, in the proper scenario there where I would be a little bit nervous. I'll ask you about a particular guy, uh, yeah. Trevor Bauer. He gets, uh, at St. Louis tonight, which could be another dud and then gets a bunch of middling teams, but those are the ones that can rise up. Philly, Arizona twice, Mets, Milwaukee. The way he pitches, I don't know, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I think I'm a bit out on him just okay. in general. Um, I ranked him, I think, 17th in my top 30. When I update that, he's going to be outside the top 30. Okay. I mean, yeah, I have about 29 here. Uh, he's Chris Archer. Well, well okay. I am going to In terms of that. profile, not not in terms of he has more than two pitches. No, no, I, I was, that's actually not why I was going to say it. Um, the fact, I don't, I don't know the last time I've ever seen Chris Archer go seven innings with double digit strikeouts. Well, He's not Chris Archer now. He's on his Chris Archer path is what I'm saying. Okay. 
like think about Chris Archer a couple of years ago when we were still betting on him saying it's going to it's going to get back to that that height that he had and I was chief among them just saying look at those strikeouts he's he's good I think it's I think we're going down that similar path yeah I, I see power. what you mean we're overvaluing the production of the strikeouts where the ratios are so just are just ultimately not going to be what we want them to be. And yeah, yeah and we took yeah. we took three straight years of over four <laughs> ERA from sure. from. Our, and don't get me wrong, uh, I'm an Archer back like them, and I was a backer in the 16 and 17, even with a 402 ERA and 407 uh, in those two years. Those were still positive because of the volume and strikeouts. He was still a top 30 pitcher both those years. Mm-hmm. But then it went to 431 last year. Um, and, and the volume was down because of injury and people were still buying in at the same level. And it's like, at some point you have to believe the guy's telling you who he is. And I understand that the FIP is even still strong with Archer. Well, not this year, but, but was coming into this year. I'm, I'm moving on from Bauer. I had trepidation coming into this year because he's a, such a tinkerer and, um, he has one good year. He doesn't even have what Archer did, which I, I multiple good years. He has one good year. I understand why people would like Bauer, y'all can have him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, you know, what I was saying before, Archer doesn't do that. You know what? I will say, I'm looking at now, 2017, Archer had a good amount of games that were seven plus, also with a handful of those, about five or six, with 10 or more strikeouts. So I will, I will take back that statement completely. Um, I, I, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome. I, I believe more in the, the ceiling of, of Bauer. Uh, I think if I own him at this point, yes, I am going to play it like week by week and make sure I'm mm-hmm. taking calculated risks. Oh, I, I will but, point out, uh, this is mostly for 20. I have a hard time taking him out of my lineup at this point, though. You okay. need the strike. Like, so I am fence straddling a little bit, but if you're already invested, yeah, you, you do need the strikeouts. You need to start somebody. So I understand that you can't sit him for all of these, but if he gets blown up tonight, then I do really start looking, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we talked about, we talked last week about, about where Trevor Bauer was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember where I put him. <laughs> I don't either, to be honest. Do we? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think you had him a little bit <laughs> had, higher, but I had him around, I think I was saying 20, like behind or maybe ahead of Nola. Oh, so you had Nola? him a little bit lower than me. Okay. No, no, so no, no. I got, well, no, no. well, you were saying you wanted lower. You, yeah. And maybe I'm, I'm right lowering there. him now. I don't think we spent much time on it. Maybe we did. I don't remember. It's uh, just, yeah, I, I, I kind of had the epiphany of like, well, you had some caution about him coming into the year. Why wouldn't you keep that caution? He panned out, you know, no, I, I didn't think he was going to be this bad. I really didn't. I thought he'd be more of a high threes guy. I just, I didn't see a Cy Young caliber. I didn't see him being another Cy Young guy. I just worry he's always adjusting and he like right. over adjusts himself. But anyway, I don't want to repeat all the same stuff with Bauer. I just want to have a little bit of trepidation with his schedule. Um, and there is some are some formats where I might actually consider sitting, which I don't think I would have said a month or so ago with Trevor Bauer. Man, so with Trevor Bauer, I'm just looking at it now really quickly. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 starts of over six innings pitched and two earned runs or fewer. That's about half of his starts. So – that's so ridiculous. it can be so great. And he's a workhorse. Here's the thing. One thing I'll say, caveat right off the top, or, or just a, a fact, points league, never sitting him. The strikeout's too good. Right. This, yeah. We were talking That's earlier about caveat, salvaging yeah. the start. He salvages. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is a conversation we'll have again in the offseason. I look forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, what about like yeah. a 
Kenta Maeda gets yeah, San, right. he just had San Diego, but now he gets at Arizona, San Francisco you love, at the Mets, eh, uh, Colorado at home you love, at San Diego. It's less about the schedule and more just about his own sort of uh, cherry bombness and Dodgeritis with Maeda as well. Where do you stand with uh, with Maeda down the stretch no, here with if, a decent schedule? If you own him, you're starting him. You just got you just got to ride yeah, it out. You, you right? have to do that. I mean, his last four starts uh, have essentially been about a six IPS, maybe slightly underneath it. Yeah. Um, and with six nine nine three as strikeouts, none of those have been above three hundred runs. I, I think you're fine. Okay. Unless they pull some Dodger. Business. Yeah. Well, they, I don't think they have to. They're not going to do it with him. They're going to do it with Ryu. Well, wait, what's his innings qualifier, though? Doesn't he have an innings qualifier to make more money that they've been messing yeah, with? Yeah, but he's at 138. It's not like he's at, like, 160 or something right now. I think. Yeah, ho- hopefully I think they don't need give... it. That's the thing. That's the thing, too. They can only do do it with so many different guys right. Right. Uh, there. Okay, anybody else here in this top 40 that you would normally lock them in as starters that you are giving some consideration well, because of schedule? I did mention Denilson Lamet already before because yes. at 41. Um, there was obviously stuff to be said about Robbie Ray, but I'm honestly, after that Dodgers start on, on uh, Saturday, tomorrow, I'm just going to let him fly. Uh, I will say that... Another salvager, by the way. Robbie right. Ray. I will say that I, I'm so curious how people are going to be ranking Jose Barrios next year because I don't love him. Um, and he gets the Red Sox in Cleveland twice, uh, after, you know, his next three starts. And he did yeah, survive that start against the, the sur- White Sox last night. If you survive that and make your finals, you are blessed with a KC Detroit finish yes. for Barrios. But that trio to get there, that could hurt. It's tough. That's tough. And he could cost you the playoffs. You know, he could, he could, you know, hurt you to even get to the final. So then you won't even be able to use those. So I don't know, man. There might be a scenario. Would you, would you bench him though? Oh, I guess against, 100% against the Red Sox. I'm okay. Not, I don't want to start him. For Benching that. Barrios. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's wild. I, I don't think you're out of bounds with that. Is I mean, a, he, oh, his man. last three. Uh, have been at Texas, uh, home to Detroit and at the White Sox, and he has a 632 ERA in 15 and two thirds, does Jose Barrios. That's brutal. And those are three ca- garbage teams. Do you, do you know the swing strike rate on his curveball? Take I don't. Guess. What, do, what would you think it would be, right? What's well, Jose Barrios' curveball, right? It's this unbelievable yo-yo Bugs Bunny pitch, right? Well, what, what, what's, what's average? On, um, on curveballs, on curveballs I would say about, like, f- oof, I mean, it depends on what type of curve, you know. The true. Elites, the elites ones are like 14, 15%. Yeah. Was, okay. That's, that's where I, I mean, was at. No, well, no, the elite ones really are like 20%, but they could be 20 at the, at the super yeah, yeah, peak, right. but, but like the good class is like, this is 15. Barrios. Well, you're asking because it's not good. So obviously I would, I would. <laughs> normally said like about well, 15 but now i'm gonna guess lower just based on the way we're framing it i'm gonna say like uh 13 or no i'll say 11 percent. yeah 11.8 on oh, the curveball is a negative 0.6 p valve this year Brios's curveball like wh- what are we chasing that's supposed to How be is he his, doing this? his money maker right. i mean fastball has always been good though too that that's fair and that's actually the positive one it's around a 5 p valve but man but he is if fastball his, only then if the curveball is not working well, because right. the changeup is, change is up pretty is, change up always goes away. So it, yeah. uh, it that's the pitch we've been waiting for. Actually, that's has a better p valve point five and a better swing strike rate of fourteen. Wow, <laughs> wow, you're stunning me here. Oh, man. I mean, this is this is Barrios, and it's it's kind of funny 
It's a three five seven ERA this year after two seasons essentially of a three eighty five. He's kind of the same person. One twenty two whip, twenty three percent K rate. This is who he is, and that's not a top thirty pick. This is like a slightly better Toby. Well, He's essentially the Spider Man, is what I say. The best Toby out there of Toby McGuire. Just wait, wait, him. wait. Yeah, that might not be true. What's what? mid threes ERA and a one twenties whip? Not you say not top thirty starter? Yeah. It, well, who, who I'm picking next year? Yeah. I think he's uh, – let me see where he rates. I think it's going to be higher than we think based on where the ERA thresholds are these days. So the reason – okay. So I will say this when it comes to my draft picks. Uh, he's 29th, by the, the way. The range that is the the possibility for better than that 3.5 is very mm-hmm. important to me. Okay. Because if I'm chasing – if I need to find a 3.5 ERA 120 whip guy – I can I trust my ability to find that without spending a top thirty pick. But I but to find something that's better than that that has a chance in, of beating a three point five one twenty whip in, in this environment in this economy. Uh, <laughs> but for real, in, in I mean, but for real though, like there is value in it. But I don't think it's worth a top thirty pick right now. You take Max Fried over him. Oh, that's a fun one. I mean, there's kind of acting like the same pitcher. And you can you can fathom that free takes a step forward, but obviously there's a lower floor. That's an interesting one. I think. Eh, well, well, again, talk 2020. We'll talk about. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're focused on. Yeah, on yeah this is fun the rest stuff. This I year. enjoy it. Okay. Um. Let's see. Anybody else here in this in this upper range that you you again you're normally locking them in, but you're saying, ooh, let me let me tap a little caution. What about teammate Jake Odorizzi? He has uh great bookends uh he had the white Sox the other day gets detroit next and then ends with those two teams but has double cleveland in the middle odorizzi is he a start even against a difficult cleveland team in your head-to-head playoffs or in your roto as you're uh you know trying to scale the rankings there with era and whip yeah that's a really good question uh i wouldn't say that it's a definite start i think i would uh if you (laughs) If you ever get the opportunity, I highly recommend doing this. Go to Jake Odorizzi's last game against the uh, against the Chicago White Sox on Baseball Savant. Sort of by away pitchers. Go to pitch types in the box, and you'll see the brilliance of Jake Odorizzi. Of how when he does well, it is unbelievable. It's, it's just like pure red. It's like someone mm-hmm. took a paintbrush and just slotted the entire top half of the zone, even above it, yep. red. And then it's just some, you know, teal underneath with some brown that's cutters and splitters. Reversed, not, yep. uh, respectively. Uh, it's amazing. But when he's doing that, I'm starting him every time. And he, to see him recently get back to it is great. He had some moments when it was just like not there. He even threw more splitters and cutters than he did four seamers won't start, which was super weird. Uh, but to see him go back at this, dominate, had 12 swing strikes on 62 four seamers in that. That's Jake Odorizzi. That's who he is. Have yeah, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not benching him. him. Yeah. I will point out 17 innings over three starts this year against Cleveland, 106 ERA, 106 whip. Oh, nice. Doesn't mean he can't get beaten, but uh, I think you ride that out and you just start uh, Jake Odorizzi all the way there. When were those uh, starts okay. against the Cleveland Indians? Those ranged from just recently on August 10th. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, five and two-thirds shutout. Good. Uh, July 13th, so just after the break, five and a third, one run. And then the other one was the opener when he dominated okay. one so you, hit. So you had one of the punches. new Indians. 
Yes, one one against the new the new team. It was at home, and uh, he did walk four, but pitched around those walks, six strikeouts, and uh, and and did pretty well there. So Odorizzi, uh, I think, is a full go. Um, just because Cleveland's in there, I I think you just you you, you go for it. You go yeah, for it I'm with him. And I like what he's done this year. Okay, anybody else? Uh, if no, not, we'll go that's to. That's good. Let's move on. All right, let's go to some some normal clowns that you're actually considering. <laughs> we have hit on some when we were doing the team context stuff, but let's go maybe into the upside plays, and you can highlight a few of your of your favorites there, and we'll and we'll wrap up with that. Sure, that sounds good. I uh, I think that those. I mean, we talked about Mitch Keller before. Yeah, uh, I think that those that saw that Philly start are, that are completely avoiding are just going to miss out on him taking full advantage of the Marlins on September third and the Mariners later on. Uh, on September 19th, I think you have to have to consider that. Uh, I'm I'm very sad to see. I was watching that game yesterday, Clevenger against Norris, and it was very sad to see Drew Verhagen all of a sudden show up. Uh, <laughs> consider we thought he was gonna go. Yep. But you know it's whatever. Okay, Tigers, you do you. Um, but I. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, there really aren't so many great upside plays at this moment. One I do want to highlight is Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, oh, the okay. Red Sox do get the Jays, the Giants, and the Orioles starting on the 10th with the Rays on the 22nd. And the if, Rays isn't necessary. Like right. when Eovaldi's going, it doesn't matter. You, right. You're starting him against uh, the Rays even in Tampa Bay. I mean, he's, you know, so, he's familiar with the park and all, all that sort of stuff. So exactly. uh, that could be a nice four start stretch for Eovaldi. What, what are you seeing out of him lately? Because I know he started off wobbly. He's still it building it up. It's no, he's not there yet, but he has now two starts in the Angels tonight and then the Yankees next to really stretch himself out and get comfortable. And I can imagine starting on that Toronto start on September 10th that he can actually get into a groove. So he's okay. definitely someone I'm marking, being like, okay, I need to see how he does against the Angels. And then he does, if he does great against the Angels, I do not care what he does against the Yankees. Can I, I start it for the Jays? Can I ask you about one? To, uh, it actually works perfectly. Want, the guy yeah. rated right after him, and it would bridge the gap to get you to Toronto because the end of this guy's <laughs> schedule is terrible. Yes. But currently it's solid. Brock Burke yeah. for Texas gets Seattle, goes to Baltimore, gets Tampa Bay, and then you basically hand the baton over to Ivaldi if all things work well there because then he ends with at Houston, Boston, uh, home to Boston, home to New York. So you wouldn't want any of that from Brock Burke. But what are you seeing from the Texas uh, rookie who I think a lot of folks weren't really familiar with? I, I can claim that myself too. I don't want to project on everybody. I'm sure some folks were, but I know a lot of people were kind of surprised. Like, who's this guy actually throwing some decent ball here? Yeah, he actually has a good fastball. I like the way that he jammed uh, a lot of batters. Uh, the right-handed batters of the uh, the Chicago Whites up up and in with four seamers very effectively, and that's something to consider against weak offenses. If he can do that, he can actually get through innings. He doesn't need to get tons of strikeouts, but if you're doing that, and then he yes, he still needs to work on his changeup. He still needs to work on his curveball a little bit, but there's something there. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not uh, it's not something I need to go and chase. And as you mentioned, he does get those two good starts against the Mariners and the the Orioles. He is my backup call boy tomorrow. Uh, I have Framber Valdez instead, but uh, but I mean he's someone to consider. In that same with Colby Allard, who just threw a really nice start against the Mariners uh, tonight. But uh, I it, it's I'm okay with it. I'm not. It's not something I need to go for. I think Nathan Evaldi for those last four starts will be better uh, or yes. better played than these two Brockberg. But yeah, that is definitely something to consider if you really need something right now. Any of the uh, baby fish, they're all in the upside <laughs> plays here. Eliezer Hernandez, Pablo Lopez, who just came back, mm-hmm. and Jordan Yamamoto, 
who would be your favorite there and any that you're picking up in the shallower 10 and 12 team formats? You know, it's funny. Robert Ducker, the guy who's replacing Yamamoto because of his injury, could oh, yeah, be that, something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pardon me. I'm, no, no, I mean, Yamamoto yeah. could come back for that Giants game on the 14th. Um, Duggar does get the Pirates next against the, uh, yeah, next, uh, I guess it's Thursday on the 4th. Um, uh, okay. maybe that's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. And, uh, he could be interesting. He looks really good, uh, against the Reds. I was really surprised about it. Uh, he was kind of decent then. That would be something I would consider if I really needed that start. Uh, Pablo Lopez, I think needs a little more time. I'm not really sold that his changeup and curveball are back yet. Eliezer, we don't really know what we're going to get. But he does get the Giants on the 15th, so maybe that could work out for him. So keep them on the radar, see how they're doing, and maybe it could turn into something. Yeah, Robert Duggar quickly mentioned him. He threw brilliantly against the uh, against the Reds, as you mentioned, uh, two unearned runs in seven innings with seven strikeouts. If he does stay on track here, you mentioned at Pittsburgh this upcoming Wednesday, that would then funnel into a two-start week home against Milwaukee, and then a trip to San Francisco. So he didn't necessarily get listed because injuries could could pull him out. Uh, but Robert Duggar, slightly uh, interesting Marlin guy there. Again, I know some of you guys are in deeper leagues, so you know the Tanner Roarks of the world aren't going to be available to you. You need to start looking at the Robert Duggars of the world. Right. So I, I, I like that call out there by you. Yeah, two seamers in all the day and away from lefties. Like he was just – he was essentially doing the Jose Arrenia. Of uh, just those a, a teammate, yeah, going in and in and in, uh, and, and he was he, he was going to throw at Ronald the, and foul balls, yeah. He, he wanted to throw at Ronald Acuna, but they weren't playing the Braves, <laughs> so he couldn't go full Uranium. Uh, he tried uh, so hard. Right. He actually threw it out of the stadium and hit Acuna. <laughs> Acuna was just walking outside of <laughs> since he's parked. Like, oh, what the hell? Um, okay, I got I got one more here for you, and then, you and then you'll you'll get one more and we'll bounce. I don't have confidence in this. I'm going to bring him up because he's been pitching extremely well sure. with no changes whatsoever, but also gets a really favorable schedule. Ivan freaking Nova. I know, right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this dude over his last seven has a .94 oh, ERA, man. 25 strikeouts, seven walks in 48 innings. Uh, he has a trip to Atlanta tonight and then at Cleveland next week. So you're not really interested in any of those. But then a four-pack that ends with KC at Seattle at Detroit, home to Detroit. Is Ivan Nova someone you would consider in your head-to-head finals or down the stretch in freaking Roto if you're chasing ratios? Because obviously he's not going to help you in strikeouts. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's random serviceable by matchup. And it's – I meant that not necessarily just as the schedule is, but also your personal matchup. Yes. And, yeah, that he definitely is someone I would consider. I wouldn't start from all four. Because you don't want to risk him going supernova. Like it, you don't know when it's going to happen. You just yeah, don't. you're not playing with that hot potato. And it's you know, there's nothing to salvage. As you've been talking about a lot this uh, this podcast is you want guys that you can salvage stuff. And the ratios go bad. There's nothing, nothing gained. Yeah. Oh, so you're getting like four strikeouts, even in like an eight inning performance. Right, but those last three starts, if he does line up properly with that, with especially the Mariners, Tigers twice, ooh, that could be very good. That <laughs> could really hot. work out. <laughs> So yeah, that and again, that's for you deep leaguers there because uh, you know he, he's available uh, in the deepest of leagues, I would imagine. Although I'm sure some folks have actually taken the plunge because it's at, at that at this point it's seven starts, it's too good, and I'm sure he is he is on rosters in some leagues. But uh, you could take a look at Ivan Nova. Be careful, you know what you're getting into, but 
hey, you, you got to take chances down the stretch here. Uh, give me one more that, that you're looking at here, and we'll, and we'll get out of here. Two really quick ones. Jacob okay. Junis, maybe his slider is back for the Tigers and Marlins next. That is the third and eighth. That is a two-star week. Okay. Uh, it wasn't so great against the A's, but it could be good enough against those two teams. I would consider that for wherever he's available. And That's then, a two and out, right? Yes. Houston, oh, yeah. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there's two random ones. And I mean, as far as two random starts you're going to get from this one guy, and I hate this guy. <laughs> Trevor Williams. No, I call him, I call, oh. him, I call him TLs now instead of T dubs, which I find hilarious. I, uh, but that is a good call of, uh, the Marlins and Giants for Trevor Williams. And I'm in for that because he just survived cores last night. Yes. So I'm fine. I'm fine with TLs. I, I, I had someone in my Twitch chat, uh, lamenting that. He his Ryu was getting blasted while his teammates Trevor yeah, Williams right? <laughs> was throwing a quality start in Coors. The vagaries oh, of head to head. That's what we uh, deal with. That's it. I uh, speaking of Coors, I'm going to resist all Moby Dick puns. Uh, mm. Tim Melville goes to yep. the Padres and then goes to the Giants, and this is a guy that threw 62 percent sliders just last week, which is astonishing yes. to me. He, he, He's lost four miles on his fastball, but he's not throwing the fastball, so it almost doesn't matter. It's it's kind of nuts. So those two starts, if you really need something and you don't know what, you got nothing in this incredibly shallow or deep pool. Yep. You go maybe with Melville in San Diego or go with Melville in San Francisco. And and those are split. That's September 6th and September 24th. If he does something against Pittsburgh on Sunday, though. He's going to be a waiver pickup. Uh, though? Yeah. I know. I'm not saying to use it. I'm saying it's going to oh, yeah, be one right, of those right. that's going to kind of make it. your yeah. – you know, if you if you see another good start and you're like, all right, I'll at least put him on my reserve roster. You know what you're getting into with someone from Coors, particularly a journeyman who's literally come out of nowhere. But there are tangible changes, right? And when we talk about tangible changes, it's at least something to go off of. He has eschewed the fastball, gone heavy, 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 heavy slider. And it's basically – I comped it in a piece I wrote. Uh, it's basically performing like John Gray's slider, right. uh, a slower John Gray slider right now in terms of overall performance. So keep an eye on Tim Melville there and um, all right. So hopefully we've set you up with some stuff. Obviously, we're not done in September, so we will continue to kind of attack the schedule as it changes. But I know some of you guys are in leagues that are so tight that you have to pick up guys that are going on September 9th this weekend because you you guys have sharks that you play against. So hopefully we've helped you there. Uh, Nick, great talking with you as always, and uh, we'll we'll reconvene next week, yeah? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, But yeah, Spore, it's always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.